One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. All right, guys, in this week's session, I'm going to continue talking about the new creature because uh, we've progressed to a point um, in our teaching series uh, that it's it's important to understand and distinguish um, the difference between the giftings of the Holy Spirit and the ability that is really granted to anybody versus what I would call supernatural uh, power, uh, thing, things that just aren't normal, things things that are like, you know, just super crazy in terms of, uh, you know, unexpected things happening in your life. Um, you know, just, you know, there's a path laid out and, and, you know, the essence of the way Christ demonstrated the supernatural was that he followed his father's voice. Um, and that voice was really what, uh, cleared the way it was if you if you simply believe in the way that the Lord the Father is speaking to you um, that path itself is supernatural and there's a difference anybody can come and pray for somebody once they're baptized in the Holy Spirit but if you want to go walk into rooms and change rooms if you want to change um, you know the people in those rooms you'll you can only really do that through the uh, through the power of your relationships, somebody who depends on the voice of God uh, and their continuous mountain experiences with God, um, they bring glories into places. Just like when Moses came down the mountain after being in the presence of the Lord, hearing His voice, he brought a glory to the nation. Okay, and that that's that's a picture of when you go into your prayer time, when you go into your relational strength with, with uh, Jesus Christ, the Father and the Holy Spirit, you come out of that with something to say. You walk in the spirit of revelation. You are imparting a piece of heaven to you. That's completely different than somebody who just attends church. Okay, somebody who just attends church, they may periodically be able to be able to function in a gift but somebody who is new, somebody whose mind has been renewed and they have this revelation that their strength comes from Christ himself and they center their life around their prayer life, their, their mountain experiences with the Lord because that glory is then what changes and imparts and releases the supernatural. And a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of so-called spirit-filled churches don't grasp that concept um, and therefore they negate or um, put the whole concept of the power of the Holy Spirit uh, at a much lower place in the whole church experience and the whole relational dynamic with Christ. They, they put it at a, at, a, at a low level when it actually is the centerpiece of you being supernatural, okay? You weren't called to be part of of, of the continued minions or the continued uh, group of people that just attend um, 
something because somebody continues to organize meetings, whether you call it church or whatever. Um, a lot of that stuff in today's America is really just part of the system, right? They, they, they look exactly like whether it's the Kiwanis Club or uh, the, you know, the, the, the local VFW or whatever. It's a place where people meet. And that's not what Christ intended the church to be. Christ intended the church to be filled with supernatural people who have their own continuous mountain experiences, who are imparted glory and bring that glory into the group. And the group then goes from glory to glory, conquering cities, conquering, um, you know, regions, conquering places. Um, and so I, I, I want to talk about some supernatural stories and, and some things that uh, the Lord has had me uh, on the path of following um, him going into a new season. Um, and I want to I want to kind of relate uh, and bring kind of the next level of revelation um, in distinguishing between people functioning in a gift and, and, the, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit versus a person functioning like Christ. And the, and the key thing with Christ, you know, when in his discussions with the Pharisees, he, he says, I only see what I, or I only do what I see my father doing. And that's a very important element. In John 5, 19, his discussion with the Pharisees, he's revealing a supernatural, continuous mountain experience, a continuous prayer life, that births glory after glory. And the Pharisees couldn't figure out why is Jesus so different? And Jesus didn't function out of principle. Okay? Jesus functioned out of a relational voice dynamic with the Father and the Holy Spirit. You see, you can even have a revelation of a spiritual principle, right? It's, it's the Father's intent to heal everybody. That's scriptural. That's, that's throughout the New Testament. Um, his desire is to heal everybody. But if you simply decide that, hey, I'm just going to pray for people, that's kind of a hit and miss experience. How many of you have experienced you pray for one person, they get healed. Others you pray for, nothing happens. Um, and actually, more times than not, nothing happens. Can I tell you, that's because there's a lot of people and, there, and there's even whole schools built around this principle that the Lord wants to heal. But the deeper revelation of the power of the Holy Spirit comes out of relationship. Jesus demonstrated that he didn't just heal. He just didn't pray to heal people. He sought the Father's will for the moment. And when he had a vision, when he had a dream, when he had direction from the Holy Spirit, and he comes out of prayer and he says, all right, boys, we're going... We're going to the woman at the well today. We're going uh, to feed the 5,000. That wasn't just by chance functioning out of a principle. He came out of prayer from a glory revelatory experience that the father was sending him to a, to a new place to do a new thing. Okay. And that relationship, that relational dynamic is the strength of the glory of God being poured out on the earth. Principle is, is not going to produce power all the time. But I'll tell you this, if the Lord gives me a vision and he tells me to go to a city, he tells me to go work with a group of people, he tells me to start school of the Holy Spirit, he tells me to go to India, I know in the depths of my heart 
it's his will and therefore he is going to show up. So if he gives me a vision that about a person's, you know, broken arm being healed, if I, if I pray for him and I walk into a place and that, 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 uh, that evening, I actually see a guy with a broken arm in the exact, uh, you know, for example, if it's the right arm, the Lord showed me a right arm. And he told me that morning in prayer, there's going to be a guy here tonight with a broken right arm. I want you to pray for him. I'm functioning then out of the vision of the Lord. Okay. I'm functioning out of a, out of a knowing it's his will that that person get healed. Okay. In that moment, if you just function out of a principle and you line up a hundred people, um, there's going to be some people get healed. It's, it's, I mean, even a dead clock is right twice a day. And, and that's, that's the difference between a principle and understanding the Lord's intent versus depending on the Lord in relationship and seeking his voice, seeking what he wants you to do and you being obedient to the voice. Being obedient to a principle will only get you so far. And I can tell you it's sporadic. It will not, it will produce periodic glories. But if you want to walk in glory, your relationship to send the mountain in prayer on a daily routine basis. And this is why in this series with a new creature, um, you know, I imploring you, I'm actually begging you to pray in the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. Seek him. He, and, and he promises he will begin to feed you, right? We, talk, we talked about what it means when you pray in tongues, that he promises that when you pray his way, he will release revelation into your life. He will begin to speak to you. Dreams and visions will, will become normal. And when you function and expect out of those dreams and visions, you begin to live a supernatural lifestyle. And so, you know, just for a few minutes here, I want to kind of revisit some of the scriptures I've been using Um you know, regarding the gifts of the spirit, first Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verse one, um, this whole, you know, the beginning of this chapter, Paul's talking about all of the gifts of the spirit and the way they manifest the gift of faith, the gift of prophecy, words of knowledge, uh, discernment, uh, tongues, interpretation of tongues, all those, um, if, if they, if they are, are flowing out of the voice of God, and, and, and the only way they really work is to flow out of the voice of God. Those gifts become supernatural releases of the Father's glory. But I, I want to uh, emphasize verse 1. Um, now concerning spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be ignorant. Okay. He, the word gifts there is actually the word pneumaticos. It means the wind. Um, what did Jesus say in John 3 about being born again? In verse 7, it says, if you are born again, you would be moved by the wind. He's actually talking about a different operating system. He's talking about a mind that is set on finding the will of the Spirit and being obedient to the will of the Spirit to go do it. Okay? And if you, if you function that way, you don't have to operate in this gray zone. There's a lot of people who experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit that function in a gray zone. And that's because they don't grasp the concept that the Lord is drawing them into a supernatural lifestyle through relationship 
with the ability to find his will, to find his vision, and you center your life on following the vision, executing the vision, and the supernatural, all these gifts of the Holy Spirit that are explained in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, they flow out of that relationship. That's a different operating system. That's exactly what Jesus was portraying in John 5 when he says, I only do what I see my Father doing. Okay? Um, and again, this is emphasized in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. He says, pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Okay, Jesus is, or actually the Holy Spirit in this context is emphasizing the heart position of one who is baptized in the Holy Ghost. He's actually de defining in, in uh, chapter 14 how a church should function. Right? The hierarchy is pursuing love. The second thing is expectation or desire that the spiritual gifts would flow out of your love for the presence of God himself, for the mountain experience, for the new glory. What's he going to show to me today? What's he going to talk to me today about? And if you follow through with 1 Corinthians 14, Paul's talking about the functioning of a group of believers who come together, who experience and hear the voice of God. They, they bring the glory of God in because they've heard him or hear him in the present and they speak to the new person and the new person is overcome by the glory of God themselves. You as a believer who are in the presence of the Lord, your face is shining like the sun. You are glorified so to speak, in the presence of the Lord. When you prophesy to somebody, you are releasing that glory or what the Lord's will for them is. That's, a, that's the glory of God. You are releasing heaven upon that person. Okay? And there's a huge difference between that relationship versus somebody who just functions out of a principle. Okay? I only, like when I go to places, I don't, I don't just happenstance decide, well, I'm going to Sacramento this week, or um, I got invited, I'm going to, um, you know, I don't know, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, because I feel like it. I go into prayer, and the Lord actually leads me. Um, and I, I want to talk about that leading process, because it's in recognizing the voice of the Lord, submitting yourself to His voice, and knowing that power is going to follow. Okay, that pattern is what Jesus demonstrated in the wilderness. Jesus, it, it says in Matthew 4, Jesus was led to the wilderness to be tested, right? And ultimately, in the midst of the wilderness of being tested by, by Satan, Jesus says, I don't, he says, man should not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. A lot of people teach that entirely wrong, using that that line to illustrate the Bible. And can I tell you, that's not what Jesus meant. Jesus was actually demonstrating that man does not live by principle, okay? But the word that comes out of the mouth of God that can only be grasped out of a relationship, out of being baptized in the Holy Ghost, you are sensitive to the voice of the Lord and by His, by Him giving you the bread that you need in the moment, in the day, in that hour, the temptation of Satan to go do even, even um, church things, 
The temptation to go do that stuff or go to the wrong place, do the wrong thing, all that stuff doesn't matter because you center your life about around getting daily bread. You hear his voice, you get a daily dream, you get a daily vision, you get multiple visions. People ask me all the time, why is it you can walk into a room and you can prophesy over two or 300 people in one afternoon and one evening? You know why? Because I've submitted myself to nothing but mountain experiences. And out of those mountain experiences where the presence of the Lord um, is, is, is heavy, and I'm pursuing him. I'm, I'm, I'm searching him out. And uh, whether he takes me to a scripture to reveal a certain revelation he wants to reveal to me, um, or he speaks to me about a city that he's sending me to next um, to do a specific thing for a specific people, uh, that, that is the strength of, of what Jesus was actually trying to illustrate and demonstrate as a son of God, the, he is the son, um, but as, as we also are believers in Christ, um, as, as, and we are the sons of God, right? Jesus is the firstborn son, but we are the sons and daughters of God who are baptized in the Holy Ghost and center our life in the same way in hearing the voice of the Lord. The same thing that happened to Jesus will result to us. What is that? It says, it, it, if you follow in, in Matthew 4, it, it, um, it goes on to say that Jesus uh, came out of the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit. Why is that? Because Jesus was not moved by any temptation that Satan had. He was moved by one thing, and that is the voice of the Lord. It was the Holy Ghost who let him in and the Holy Ghost who let him out. And that's a picture of, of, of what our prayer life, what our life should be centered around. You want to walk in power? It's not about how many times you attend church this week. It's not how many, um, you know, I don't know. You can, do, you can list all of these religious acts, doing good works, doing all these, uh, you know, things. But if you want to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, you pursue love. You center your life around love. And when you center your life around that love, you will see supernatural power that cannot be explained working in your life. It, 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 it's, it's, it's impossible for, for Satan to stop it. You know why? Because a person who centers their life around hearing the voice of the Lord, who then comes out of prayer, who comes out of uh, weeks of searching and waiting on the Lord, and all of a sudden the Lord sends them to a place why does power come forth? Why is it beyond just a gift? And why is heaven like showing up in a room and all 100 people or all 500 people or all 50 people in the room that you walk into start to weep and cry when, when you start to minister to people? Because you went to a place at the direction and the drawing of the Holy Spirit to release and impart something. That's the difference between a went one and a sent one, okay? A sent one is, is somebody um, who the Lord literally sends, okay? Instead of some, somebody uh, who, is, who becomes popular, they're articulate, they're charismatic, they can talk good. There's a lot of good talkers in the American church, but there's very little power, okay? Power, true power in the Holy Ghost,
comes out of a love affair of somebody who's searching out the presence of the Lord and takes heaven into the places that the Lord sends them to. Okay, so there is a huge difference between a person learning the Bible and practicing principles versus centering their life around the Holy Ghost and ascending that mountain to hear the voice of the Lord and take the glory of God to the places that, that they're sent. Okay, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm going to share a little bit about my life um, just so you can kind of get a feel of, you know, you know, I've had a lot of calls, a lot of people reach out to me here re recently, um, and some supernatural things have happened, <laughs> went into the places where the Lord has sent me here. Um, but there's a background behind why all that happens, okay? Um, long before I got to this point of going to places and seeing miracles and supernatural things happen with people being equipped, suddenly, you know, I've had hundreds and thousands of people over the over the years come into meetings um you know never had a vision never prayed in tongues and suddenly in one night they're praying in the holy ghost and i got them standing beside me prophesying why does that happen because i trust in one thing and when i go into places the holy ghost and that equipping that the church is truly supposed to be equipped in is imparted to people that's my heart. That's what I carry. And that's my purpose. And when I, when I answer calls to go, um, it's usually connected to dreams that the Lord gives me months and years in advance. Okay. And I'm going to, I'm going to share a little bit about that. Um, but you know, there's, there's, you know, in 2014, I was in Pittsburgh. The Lord had moved me there a year earlier. Um, and, uh, 2014 comes around. I felt like the Lord was going to move me. Um, I suddenly had job offers in two different cities. Um, and the Lord told me this, um, if I moved to Pennsylvania, or if I moved to Eastern Pennsylvania, he would bless me. But if I moved to Parkersburg, he would multiply me. And I started to research the difference between seeking a blessing versus truly multiplying in the way Christ multiplied. And I chose as the Lord led me to, to, to choose the city where he promised to multiply me because that's my call in the kingdom is to multiply, to, to equip people in what I do in the power of the Holy Ghost. And so I went to Parkersburg and a year later, the Lord comes to me in a dream, um, a series of dreams about India. A lot of you have heard me tell this story, but you know, from a dream, I did not know anybody in India and the Lord told me to go to India. I wake up seven days later, I get a call from a guy in India. And so over the last uh, four or five years, you know, hundreds of thousands of Indians baptized in the power of the Holy Ghost. I've worked with over 6,000 pastors in India uh, that have been baptized in the Holy Ghost, never prayed in tongues before my meetings, prayed in tongues after my meetings and working with groups over the years to prophesy so that the power of the Holy Ghost would go throughout India. Um, in 2019, the Lord started to give me dreams in the spring of 2019 about Ohio and specifically about Toledo. Long story short, um, I get this open door to go to Toledo. My family, we moved to Toledo and uh, at the end of 2019, the Lord commands me to, to start the school of the Holy Spirit. I end up on Charisma Magazine um, where all of these sessions are, are, you know, 
you know, su suddenly being um, available to a bigger audience. Um, but specifically in the School of the Holy Spirit, um, we have birthed uh, two different churches out of that school, and we've transitioned multiple uh, churches, pastors who came to the meetings, who, who, were, who were zero Holy Spirit before we came, strict doctrine. And when the school was done, they're praying in tongues, they're prophesying, they have their leadership teams in the meetings, they're getting equipped. And so we've worked, we're now working with multiple churches in the region to transition their whole congregation in the power of the Holy Ghost. Really, uh, what I just explained here for the last 15 minutes, um, transitioning those churches into the same thing. And that's what I do. But in the spring of, uh, of this year, 2021, um, suddenly the Lord came to me and said, all right, we're done with the school. I want you to stop the school. Um, and when he did that, he said, he said this to me. He said, I want you to pray for two things. I want you to pray to be sent to the woman at the well. A lot of you are familiar with that scripture, John chapter 4. Um, the woman at the well, when Jesus prophesied, when he, when he had a word of knowledge um, and prophesied to the woman at the well, she dropped her water pot, ran back to the city, and the whole city came to, to meet Jesus. Okay. The other thing that the Lord told me to pray for, he says, I want you to, be, I want you to pray to be sent to the man chained to the tombs. And a lot of you are familiar with this story. In Mark chapter 5, the guy who was demonized, right? He was cut himself day and night, absolutely tormented. He had no hope. The people to protect themselves, actually, this guy gets chained. And he's able to break the chain, chains. He's so demonically possessed and supernaturally taken over by the demonic, right? Um, but when Jesus met him, Jesus drove out the demons. It says the guy was clothed and in his right mind, right? And when Jesus comes back around to the region, um, you know, Jesus did not tell the, tell this guy to follow him. He actually said, stay here and testify. Okay. So the region that actually was kicking Jesus out after he delivered the, the demoniac, when Jesus comes back in, this guy has testified so greatly to the, to the region, it says that the whole region came to meet Christ. Okay. And so the Lord had me pray for these things. I, and so, so starting, um, in the late March, April, I start praying, Lord, according to your will, please send me to the woman at the well and the man chained to the tombs. And suddenly I start getting these, these calls. Um, and there was a shift in my season. By obedience to the Lord, when he told me to stop the school, we're done with what we're doing um, in the school in Toledo. Um, you know, continue working with the people that you're transitioning and working with these other churches. But uh, we're done with the school. OK. And as soon as I as soon as I was obedient, um, we stopped what we were doing with the with the school specifically in Toledo. I start getting these calls. And I've got these calls lined up for, for, you know, really through the end of 2021. Um, just, I went to Kansas City last week. I'm going to tell you more about that story, but it was supernatural. Walked into a room with 46 people. Um, the majority of them um, not praying in the Holy Ghost, never baptized in the Holy Ghost. Um, when I left that weekend, um, you know, the whole room, everybody's baptized in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues. And over 20 of these people are prophesying before I left. I was only there for two days. 
Okay. But I mean, I have this, this line of places where the Lord, the Lord tells me to pray, to be sent to the woman at the well and the man chained to the tombs. And over the next weeks and months, I'm going to be going to Redding, California to work with, uh, the, you know, some Bethel deliverance teams. Um, I'm going to Washington, D.C. I'm going to upstate New York. I'm going to um, Alabama and uh, Arkansas. Um, I'm going to Munich, Germany, all because these the, I've had these people um, suddenly call me. And a lot of these are connected to dreams. Um, I can tell you um, specific series of dreams the Lord gave me two years ago about Washington, D.C. Suddenly now I'm getting a call from a person in Washington, D.C. I can tell you specific dreams about Germany. Um, and now suddenly I'm getting calls from Germany. I had dreams about Kansas City. And I'm gonna, I'll review the dream and what I did in Kansas City here a few weeks ago. Um, had specific dreams about Kansas City. Suddenly, I get a, a call from people in Kansas City, okay? And I'm emphasizing this because if you center your life in prayer um, and, and are willing to follow the voice of God instead of being part of systems, church systems, you are never meant to be centered on church systems. You are meant to be centered on your relationship in Christ. And... The Lord gave me these dreams um, of what he wanted to do in specific cities long before I'm, I'm now scheduled to go, okay? And so what would have happened if I decided, you know what, I really like to school the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of people. And I had, when I decided to stop it, I had people saying, what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? What's next? Well, listen, all I'm telling you is I'm just being obedient. Okay, I'm being obedient. I'm doing what the Lord told me to do. Um, and these other seasonal things that the Lord now wants to birth, there's now a platform for it. Okay, and you know, I'll go back to what I discussed about Jesus in the wilderness, right? When the Lord tells you to stop something, you have a choice. I know, guys where the Lord told them to hand the keys of their church to another guy who's not even associated with that church. Will you, would you do something like that? When the Lord tells you to hand, give your car away, would you do something like that? I've got, I've got stories like that, guys. I don't have time to get into them now, but um, you know, it makes way for you to walk out the, of the wilderness the way Jesus walked out of the wilderness. It says Jesus walked out of the wilderness in power and he started his ministry. He birthed the supernatural where he went. Why? Because he did not live uh, by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He did not live by principle. He lived by what the Holy Ghost was saying. And, what, and the reason I'm telling you these stories is because that's how I um, have been led to live my life. The Lord, the Lord had to lead me out of church. He had to lead me out of systems. Even though I loved all the people, I loved um, certain relationships. I, I love having spiritual fathers. There's times and seasons and places when the Lord is drawing you to follow him. And it feels like you're being left alone. It feels like you're being rendered powerless. It feels like you're being stripped of everything you feel is important. But can I tell you this? 
those are actually the most important, valuable times you will ever have in your relationship with the Holy Spirit because it is your testing time. Will you follow me? Will you, instead of looking with your natural eyes, do what I tell you to do, even though it appears like it's not the right thing? Like, it, like why in the world would you walk out of a church where you are the deliverance leader? Why would you walk out of, of a church where you are actually a preacher? Why would you walk away from a job making, I don't know, $300,000 a year? I'll tell you why. When the Lord tells you to do it, you have a choice. And if you want to walk in power, there is no, there is no supernatural kingdom power outside of following the voice of God. You can follow principle after principle. You can put your entire paycheck in an offering pot, okay? It will not produce power. It may produce, um, it may produce the ability to be victorious in this world system, right? A principle is reaping and sowing. If you sow into the kingdom, you will reap, you will reap, right? You will have money come back to you. But that does not mean that you will walk in power. There is only one way that you will walk in power, and that is to center your life around the voice of the Holy Spirit. Principles can get you um, to survive and overcome portions of the world, but if you want to walk in victory and domination, it is only by the power of the Holy Spirit, which is you do not live by bread alone, which means basically your understanding of biblical principles and all that stuff. But you walk like Jesus, subject to the voice of the Holy Ghost. And Satan has no answer for it. You know why? Because the voice of God is what breathes into the darkness. It speaks, it says, you know, John chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 1 um, are an explanation of when the Lord speaks into darkness, the darkness can't stop the light, right? So why do you follow the voice? Why do you... Because that is the light. There's only one light. That's the voice of the Lord. And if you if you follow the voice, the supernatural will, will follow you. The darkness cannot stop you. Satan did not have an answer for Christ when he said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. Satan had absolutely zero answer. He's powerless to a person who follows the voice. And so I'm telling you all that just to just to kind of set you up a little bit with what I think um, will be an encouraging story for you. Um, this is a supernatural story. Um, a few weeks ago, I um, got invited uh, by, by uh, several young couples in um, Kansas City, uh, Kansas. Um, and guess what? I had dreams in 2018, a series of three dreams where the Lord came to me and um, basically said, he said this, I'm going to paraphrase the dream, but he basically handed me a shovel um, in, in Kansas, told me to dig. We uncovered the battle bow um, and he gave me a scripture. It was Zechariah 10, verse four and five. And that, that scripture is specific to the equipping of the army of the Lord. The one very thing in there that he highlighted was the battle bow. And so when he handed me the shovel, told me to dig, Guess what? We uncover the battle bow. The battle bow is, is placed in my hands. The next night he comes back to me, um, says, you have to dig deeper. So we dig deeper. 
Um, what we discover is uh, the spirit of prophecy is uncovered. Um, and he hands me three arrows, um, a crimson arrow, um, a red, uh, I'm sorry, a red crimson arrow, a, uh, a black onyx arrow and a sapphire arrow. Um, and there was a sequence that happened when those arrows were fired. The first arrow was the black onyx arrow, which pulls down dragons. Okay, the skies that are littered with dragons, not letting the light in, um, the dragons are brought down by that arrow. The second arrow was the sapphire arrow. Um, when that arrow is released, the, 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 the gate or the, the door of heaven is open. And I see angels ascending and descending and heavenly visitations with the people in Kansas. And the third arrow uh, was the crimson arrow that was fired. Um, and that, that, uh, that arrow actually was shot into the churches. And instead of being powerless, uh, powerless believers, the church was granted the battle bow, which is a symbol of the prophetic. It's a symbol of the spirit of prophecy. What does Christ carry on the white horse? He carries the battle bow. It is the spirit. He is the spirit of prophecy. And there's nothing that can stop the spirit of prophecy. That's why uh, Paul is literally begging the church in 1 Corinthians 14 to center your church, center, center the group on what the Lord is saying. That is what bursts the true spirit of prophecy. Okay, that's the same thing that equipped Jesus coming out of the, of the desert. He came out of the desert in the power of the Holy Spirit because he did not live by bread alone. He didn't live by simple scripture. He lived by what the Lord was saying, that he's the battle bow. He was carrying the battle bow, okay? And so I'm telling you that because I get this call. I get this call, um, uh, you know, from these two different couples in, in, in Kansas. We end up having coffee. We're sitting there at coffee. I start to prophesy over them in, in Kansas City, Kansas. They're sitting, we're sitting in the middle of, of the coffee shop and the, we're all crying. We, the presence of God is so heavy. Um, every, every one of them, um, one, the one guy, Dylan, face down. Um, Taylor, she starts laughing. Adam's just like staring at me with these eyes of, of like, I want that, right? He, it tears running down his face. I mean, um, so we, we set this date. Um, we set this date for me to come. We, we go into um, uh, Kansas City, uh, Overland Park, Kansas, um, and we have two, two meetings. Um, these two meetings totaled about 16 hours of prophetic ministry. Um, we saw deliverances. We saw people equipped. Every person, like I said earlier, uh, every person, there were 46 people, they all left praying in the Holy Ghost. Um, they were all prophesied over. They, uh, at least 20 of them that I can count, um, ha were, are having dreams and visions and the supernatural. The Lord literally uh, imparted to them um, a mountaintop experience. Um, and what's unique about this, this experience is, you know, over lunch, uh, the one guy, Adam, Adam kept asking me all these questions and we ended up, I was telling this story of, of, uh, this girl that had gold dust appear on her. Okay. And this is an important story because it's connected. All of this is connected. Um, I'm going to tell you the gold dust story because 
the Lord actually used this gold dust story to testify to these guys further about the supernatural. Okay. In January of, of this year, in January of 2021, it was on a Saturday morning. It was uh, the, the day of one of our School of the Holy Spirit sessions. The Lord wakes me up early and he starts to specifically speak to me about an angel that he introduced to me uh, back in 2016 when he sent me to India. And this particular angel is named the Reaper. Okay. The Lord said the Reaper would be in the room and that I was to have those in the room find the angel. And that's, that's a funny thing, right? What do you mean, find the angel? I don't know. I'm just doing what the Lord told me. I can tell you, um, I, can, I have a whole list of crazy things that a normal man would never do. That I mean, walking into guys that, you know, general managers and VP's offices, tell them this, tell this person that, do this at Panera Bread. Crazy stuff, right? And so this, this was, okay, this is not unusual for me, but I don't know. I mean, can you picture, can you picture a whole, a whole room full of people standing up, running around a room looking for an angel? That's kind of crazy, right? But I have a choice at this point. Do you, do I do what the Lord told me to do? And all I can tell you is absolutely, man, I'd stand on my head and, uh, and walk down main street if he wanted me to. Um, but here's the deal. We get to class that night. And um, there's a particular young lady. Um, I'll call her the gold dust girl. Okay. Um, she's there. She doesn't really believe in this whole Holy Spirit stuff. Okay. It's almost like she needed a miracle because she just wasn't going to volunteer about, hey, I want this Holy Spirit thing. I, I believe in it. That wasn't going to happen. Okay. So I'm, I'm teaching about something spiritual and we get to the end. We're about to pray and it's time, right? It's, we're, we're going to start, we're going to, I give the assignment. Okay. Uh, this is an unorthodox thing to do, but by faith, I want you to, to, I want you guys to start walking around this room and find the spot where the angel's standing. And sure enough, all of a sudden, um, one of the guys walks in this certain spot and he goes, Oh my gosh, you should feel the presence of the Lord here. I, it's like I want to, it's like I'm going to fall down. Right. So, you know, I don't know, 50 people, 50, 60 people in the room walk over and everybody's standing in the spot and everybody's going, Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. People are weeping. There's people crying when they would stand in the spot. I mean, it was like the more people came and started gathering in the spot, the heavier the presence was. And this, this one, uh, this one girl, she was the sister of, of, you know, one of the, one of the, one of the people who were coming. Um, the sister comes up to me and, Hey, what am I going to do about my sister? She doesn't really believe in this. Um, I, and I don't know how this exactly happened, but the gold dust girl who didn't believe, who didn't actually think this stuff was real, somehow she gets up enough courage and um, after the class basically says, Hey, you have to, you know, cause at this point, everybody in the class had been in this spot. There's people on the ground. They can't stand up. They're crying. Um, so the gold dust girl all of a sudden stands in the spot and she goes, Oh my goodness, I've never felt the presence of the Lord. And she starts to cry. And when she started to cry, gold dust appeared on her face 
It appeared up and down her arms. It was all over her hands. She even had jeans that had more holes on them than jeans. She had gold dust in on her thighs and her leg. Um, and she's weeping at this point. And she falls to the ground under the power of the Holy Ghost. She's laying on the ground. And when she's laying on the ground, the gift of tongues suddenly flies out of her mouth. Okay. Now at this point, the whole class is like, oh my goodness, the presence of God. Well, one after one, at least 20 people end up with gold dust on their arms and glittered all over their face. Now, I know you guys, you have probably heard stupid, you know, stupid story, what I'll call stupid stories, made up stories of things that are not real. I'm testifying this to you because what you're going to hear next in this story is supernatural. It's only something God could do. Okay, and I'm telling you this gold dust story because it's connected to Kansas City. Okay, so the day I leave, the day after I leave from Kansas City, I get home. Um, it's Monday night. Adam is pinging me. Oh my goodness, you're not going to believe this. Oh my goodness, the gold dust girl. So I ended up, I, Adam and I talk and he's, he has this look of shock on his face. Okay. He says, you are not going to believe this. And he, and I can't tell you the whole story. Only all I can tell you is this. The gold dust girl, after she left my class in January, she goes home, her and her husband suddenly begin to hear the voice of the Lord. They heard the Lord tell them, go to Kansas City. So guess what gold, gold dust girl does who can now suddenly hear his voice. She packs up everything, moves to Kansas City. Somehow, some way, a friend of Adam's runs into Gold Dust Girl. Okay, they don't know she's the Gold Dust Girl, but he run this. A friend of Adam's runs into her. Long story short, Adam and Taylor, who are my connection point in in Kansas City, they have a um, a virtual meeting, um, a uh, a Skype meeting, scheduled with this girl on Monday night, the day after I leave. And the discussion gets into where you're from. And the gold dust girl says, well, I'm from Toledo. Adam says, do you know a guy by the name of David Cuppet? And she goes, um, and I don't know. And, and she didn't remember my name. And Adam goes, he led school of the Holy Spirit in Toledo. And she all of a sudden goes, oh yeah, I know of that. Adam proceeds to tell the story of the gold dust girl because Adam sat at lunch for an hour with us, with me, asked me a thousand questions because he was in awe of the fact that gold would literally appear on a person's face. And so the next thing that happens is the gold dust girl leans forward into the camera and says, Adam, you're not going to believe this. I am the gold dust girl. And if that doesn't give you chills on your, on your body right now, I mean, the hair on my arms is standing up, guys. What are the odds that the Lord would give me dreams of awakening a revival, equipping a group of people with the battle bow, the spirit of prophecy in Kansas in 2018, somehow connects me to these people that I end up prophesying over in a coffee shop in Kansas City. They're weeping in the middle of the coffee shop. I have, you know, I have to go. 
And suddenly, this gold dust girl that Adam is enamored with suddenly <laughs> is visible, literally leaning into the camera with him the day after I left and all the miracles and signs and wonders that happened in their living room with 46 people praying in the Holy Ghost, having visions, weeping, deliverance, demons cast out. And the gold dust girl is leaning into the camera and saying, Adam, I'm her. I was that girl. And this is what happened. And she testified to hit to him. Do you know how, like, what are the odds? What do you think's happening in Kansas City? Why would the Lord give me a dream of Kansas City? Have the outpouring of the Holy Spirit with the equipping of, of 46 people in his living room with 20 of them now dreaming and hearing the voice of the God pro and prophesying the voice of God. How does that happen? And then the Lord confirm with the story, the girl who was in the gold dust story to Adam and Taylor. I'll tell you why. Because that's what happens when the Lord gives you dreams and visions. It's not David Cuppet releasing gold dust. It's not David Cuppet releasing prophecy and and casting out demons and doing this stuff by my own power functioning out of a principle. Principles are not really powerful. The voice of God is the almighty. It's evidence that you know him and that he walks into rooms with you. Okay. It's the Lord who is witnessing to Adam and Taylor that he is going to do a supernatural thing. And what's crazy about this story is I know there's a series of, of additional meetings the Lord is sending me to because he's got a specific mission fulfilling these dreams that I've had of Washington, D.C. And, and actually this weekend, I'm going to Washington, D.C. For, for, for a series of five meetings. Um, the same with Germany. Um, he, he's going to fulfill these things. And the same thing that happened in Kansas City, I expect will happen in these other cities that he sends me to. But I believe in my heart, there's something special about Kansas City. I know there's something deeper, bigger going to be birthed, whether it's a church, whether it's another school of the Holy Spirit, whether it's a, whether it's the, um, you know, helping Adam and Taylor birth um, a church or what, however this plays out, I know there's, 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 a, there's the next thing. You know why? Because that night when I found out that gold dust girl testified herself. The Lord actually sent gold dust girl to testify further to Adam and Taylor that there's a supernatural thing happening to you, that you are witnessing miracle power. I was in such awe. I was in such shock that I started to pray and I had, I was pressing the Lord. What are you doing? What's next? How, you know, what's my next move? What am I connected to Kansas city further? What's going to happen? And this is, this is the dream that the Lord gave me after those questions about Kansas city. Okay. And this is a simple dream. It's, it's, it happened over two nights. The first dream is I'm standing on a, a grassy mound overlooking a city and an angel appears before me. The angel walks me over the ridge and, um, you know, in the middle of this open grassy knoll is a 
almond tree. This almond tree is ripe with fruit. There's almonds dripping off of it, or, you know, hanging off of it. Um, but there's other things, there's other fruit hanging off of this tree. There's, there's wads of money. There are houses. There are cars. There are horses. Um, and, and there's many other symbols of just abundance hanging off this tree. But the most abundant fruit is an almond. Do you know that an almond is a symbol of the, of the, of the Holy Spirit? The menorah, the seven-branch candlestick was decorated with almonds. Okay? Aaron's rod, Aaron, Aaron was selected into the priesthood when his rod that was literally cut off, it was a dead piece of wood, birthed almonds. Right? It, it budded. Okay? Whenever, whenever, whenever uh, the Lord called Jeremiah to do a supernatural thing, he gave him a vision. And the Lord asked him, what do you see, Jeremiah? And Jeremiah says, I see an almond branch. And the Lord says, well, do you see, Jeremiah, for I am ready to perform my word. Okay, that, that calling of Jeremiah is the same calling of Christ out of the wilderness. It's the, it's the contrast between the difference of a principle and following the voice. Jesus followed the voice out of the wilderness. What was the Lord doing to Jeremiah? He spoke to Jeremiah. He gave him a vision symbolizing the, the almond branch, symbolizing the Holy Spirit and it birthing almonds, right? And the Lord says, I will watch over my word, meaning I will ensure that what I show you in vision will come to pass. And so this, this dream is about Kansas City is pretty significant, okay? And so the dream, the dream ends here. Um, the next night, the Lord comes to me, or, or, or the, the, I, have, I continue in, in the dream, and I'm standing by the almond tree. The angel takes a branch off, strips everything off of it, okay? So now I'm holding basically um, a piece of wood, a, a branch, a rod, so to speak, in my hand. And he says, the angel looks at me and he says, if you, if you plant, if you plant it, it will produce fruit. And the dream ended. I wake up the next day. I'm like, oh my goodness, Lord, what are you asking me to do? Is this real? Are you calling me to Kansas City? Uh, or is, is there a church going to be birthed? What are you birthing, right? Because the symbolism is pretty significant. And so the next night, the third night, um, I meet the angel on the grassy knoll. He walks me over the ridge and adjacent to the first tree was the rod that I planted, the, the, the branch that was stripped clean. There was nothing on it. But when we walked over the knoll in the, in the dream in the third night, there were now two trees and the first tree and the second tree were now exactly alike. Almonds, hanging off of them, um, you know, wads of money, cars, vehicles. It's like all this abundance was hanging off this tree. And again, the angel said, if you plant it, it will produce fruit. And so that's kind of, I'm just testifying to you guys that the walk is a walk um, of absolute obedience. And in that obedience to the voice, it, the voice will produce 
It will multiply. It will produce things that you alone could never, ever do by following a principle. Principles are good. I'm not telling you not not to do and follow principles, right? If you sow money, what Jesus said, whatever you sow, you will reap, right? If you sow in joy and peace, you will reap it, right? He actually tells you, do not sow anger and hate and all that stuff. Those are principles you have to understand biblically. And I'm assuming at this point, if you're following me, you know, this is what, 46 or for the 47th um, teaching, um, you know, for, for the Charisma School of the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, if you followed me thus far, you should be at a point where you can, you can position principles and recognize that, okay, Jesus led us to follow principles. There's biblical ways of life that help you to succeed and overcome life or overcome this world. But the contrast between life and death and victory in Christ is way beyond a principle. There are, there are sinners who sow into churches and reap, but that doesn't mean they're saved. Think about that. That's a Selah moment. Your tithing does not make you a follower. Your tithing positions you to reap the benefit of a biblical principle. But Christ, Christ at, the, at the end, that's not the end of the game. The game is Jesus said, I, that, you know, he, he'll, he'll distinguish you as to whether or not he knows you. And the only way you know him is through a prayer life where you ask questions and he, he answers and you push further and he responds and dreams and visions. There's, you know, and what I just, I, I spent this whole time talking to you and illustrating these stories of how the Lord continues to reveal and confirm himself and piece together these different things. Like, I mean, how in the world does, a, does an obedient following of the command of the Lord in Toledo and gold dust appear on a girl. And then the Lord used that to confirm a dream that he gave me in 2018. And somehow I end up in that city and the, I mean, how, piece it all together, guys. It's not possible for me to do that. It's supernatural, but it's the power and the outpouring of the glory of God. He has a desire to do something supernatural in Kansas city. And so you too have glory, you have destiny locked inside of you that only the key of God, the voice of the Lord can open from, from within you, right? And if you give your heart over to a prayer life and an expectant prayer life where the supernatural begins to flow and it, it flows very simple, guys. It starts with dreams and visions. That's why um, the Lord prophesies that the coming of the Holy Spirit would bring dreams and visions. In Joel 2.28, he says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And he says, you will dream dreams and have visions and it produces prophecy. Okay. What I'm testifying to you today is I'm producing prophecy. I'm living prophecy. I'm um, demonstrating the will of the Lord from the dreams and visions that he's given me over the last five to 10 years. 
Those dreams and visions are producing fruit. There's multiplication about to happen. And there's even further, right? He, I told you, he, he, there's a next step in Kansas City. There's a branch that has nothing on it that the Lord wants planted in this hour. And he says, if you plant it, there will be a tree, right? I mean, that's, that's the essence, right? When, when, when Paul's talking in Galatians, he says the barren has more than the one with, than the woman with, right? You may be looking around you and thinking all these, these churches that have a cross on the front door have more, that they have, the, they have everything they need. But can I tell you this? A lot of those places are dead. A lot of those places are powerless. They haven't seen a miracle for decades. They maybe never saw a miracle, but they can regurgitate all the scriptures in the world. They can regurgitate all the principles in the world. But I'm here to tell you that that does not produce the power in the kingdom that the Lord has this world destined for, right? Saints know the voice of God. They, they ride white horses with bows, with the same equipping that Christ has. And that's the prophecy in Kansas City. There is going to be a mass outpouring and equipping in Kansas City. I know it from the depths of my heart. There's going to be a supernatural outpouring in the Holy Ghost. And I just want to close this way. I want to pray. You know, Paul said it this way about following the voice. He said he, he prayed in Ephesians 1.17. Um, he said, I pray that you would be granted the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the intimate knowing of Jesus Christ. That spirit of revelation is what I just described. It's the mountain experience, guys. It's, the, it's, the, it's, it's about a person who goes beyond principles and steps into the true baptism of the Holy Spirit, who lives their life, a life of power, not because of any of their own self-glory or uh, desire, but because they live the life of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, and they live out of dreams and visions. Okay, it's one thing that you get baptized in the Holy Ghost and you start you start to see visions and you begin to prophesy, and suddenly you're like, "Oh my gosh, the voice of God is real! It's real!" People cry, people weep. The presence of God comes on them when the, I speak the vision that the Lord gives me. Okay, that's one level. The next level is living out of your dream living, right? I, can I tell you, I live for the dreams. I write I, every dream, every vision the Lord gives me that's either personal directly with me and my family or about what's going to happen in certain parts of the United States or the world or whatever. They're all written down and I always go back to them. That's why I can go back and I can tell you detail of what the Lord told me in 2018 about Kansas City, of what the Lord told me in 2019 about Washington, D.C., Okay, of what the Lord told me in 2015 and 16 in dreams before he sent me to India and what was going to happen in India. You live in a dream. And I mean, think about this. The psalmist said it. I think it's Psalm 121. Don't quote me on that. And I don't have my Bible in front of me. But um, when it says that when they returned from captivity, it was as if we were dreaming. Okay, he's talking about when the nation was taken into captivity in Babylon, when the Lord supernaturally released them, right? And the psalmist says the contrast between the two was this was is was if um, 
was as if we were dreaming. And that's a description. I mean, if you, you know, I've seen thousands, tens of thousands um, of people baptized in the Holy Ghost, and that's the way they describe it. Oh my gosh, I thought I was alive, but I was dead. What is this? Why are my hands on fire? Why am I crying? Um, I mean, just that's the difference. I mean, we had a, we had a, we had a girl uh, last week. Um, the Lord had me prophesy over her first. Um, I saw a crown of love on her and um, she had never, she didn't know the Holy Ghost. She got baptized in the Holy Ghost that night. I saw a crown of love on her and oil draining down over her face. And the Lord told me to have her pray for people. And when she laid hands on people, the presence of God got so heavy and people would begin to fall one after the next and after the next, after the next, after the next. That was the, and she's weeping. She has no, she can't describe it. She's like, what is this? What is this? Why are my hands on fire? That, that's the difference, guys. When you're in captivity and you think you're alive, it's one thing. But when you actually taste life, when you actually taste what it's like to dream, the dream of the Lord, to have the vision of the Lord and know that you are in the life of Christ, it's a completely different thing. And so I pray in the name of Jesus, that you would be granted the spirit of wisdom and revelation in Christ. I pray that dreams and visions would flood your heart um, and in Jesus' name. Um, I just I pray that uh, the supernatural revelation of Christ in the midst of the wilderness, walking out in the power of the Holy Ghost because he followed the voice of God. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name for that power to come upon those who are listening. I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, for the supernatural to be imparted, Lord, to do things that appear to be unwise to the natural eye, but because you said do it, Lord, I pray, Lord, that heaven would be unleashed upon them, in their families, all around them, everywhere you send them, Lord. I pray that those who are listening, Lord, would actually be sent instead of playing the game instead of doing what everybody else does in the world and just goes through life going through the system going on Sundays to church doing the regular routine stuff Lord I pray that that would all be literally cut off Lord as they are awakened by the voice of God and and have mountain um, have mountain encounters uh, that they walk out walk down that mountain in the glory of God and the supernatural, would follow them everywhere they go. Lord, I pray, Lord, that uh, you would begin to give them dreams now for what's going to happen in two years, three years, five years, ten years. Lord, and I pray that they would live in that dream river. In Jesus' name, let every person, Lord, listening to this now, live in the Joel 2.28 dream and vision river that takes them through life. Lord, and releases the supernatural, changing the landscape as your river, Lord, moves boulders, it moves mountains, it moves everything in its way because you are the force. You are the force. You are the ultimate dominion on this earth. You are the one who holds the keys. You hold the keys of life. You hold the keys of death. Um, and what you speak are those keys. So Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that keys begin to fall keys of with dreams and visions begin to fall and authority and power is released lord in those who are who are listening to this right now in the name of jesus and guys just let me close with this 
Um, I'm nearing my uh, one-year contract end uh, with Charisma. Um, we probably only have, I think, two, two or three more um, after after this message. Um, I just encourage you, if the unction of the Holy Spirit is upon you, I'm not going to sit here and, and list out every city in which the Lord gave me a dream for. Um, I'm going to trust that the Holy Spirit is leading you. Um, if that's if that's you, I encourage you, reach out to me, um, email me. Um, that, that's how these, over the last three, four months, that's how all these new connections um, and, and awakenings to these, to this series of dreams that the Lord has given me about these different places. That's how these things have all played out because of people, um, just following the unction of the Holy Spirit and saying, I think, I think we're supposed to get a group together. I think we're supposed to, to do this. Um, and they, they end up inviting me and we have just seen amazing things over the last few months. I just encourage you, um, to reach out and, um, God bless you. Have, have, a, have a great uh, dreaming and vision encounter with the Lord this week. Um, expect it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org. D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G or fivestonesministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Transfigured, The Call of the Horsemen to Awaken the Church, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.